Yo, what's up? It's your girl, DJ Nark. What's going on? All right, so today I want to talk about the ineffable. What is that? The ineffable is something that cannot be described in words. It has to be felt. So do I actually want to talk about the ineffable? Well, that's not possible. But I would like to talk about how it feels to move through the world constantly and consistently having that experience and then to be subjected to the world around us that is very much something that can be quantified and absolutely something that can be put into words. It's a weird trend lately. But it seems like everyone I know just can't wait to tell me how they feel about me. Which is really weird only because I never get in people's business. Like I never ask. I never ask about personal stuff. I never give my opinion if it's not asked for. I never pry. And yet, since the year began, everyone has decided to voice their opinion. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and I think all the opinions have one thing in common. So over New Year's, it was that like weirdo girl with the lash, right? Um, and she said I was like Jim Carrey. So then I watched something by Jim Carrey because I was really curious as to what exactly it was that she meant. And I think that what she meant is that Jim Carrey has a way of making people feel like he's talking over their heads because he's so clear on concepts that are pretty abstract and hard to understand. And there's an ease with which he communicates them, which can be almost grating and irritating to someone who's uh, perhaps not even trying to grasp them, just isn't even interested, but can feel that they are lacking and cannot understand uh, the ineffable, <laughs> the mystery. And so as soon as I realized, uh, pause, drink something smoke something, put some argon oil around your eyes if you've been crying your eyes out. Yo, every Gemini I know is having the fucking worst few days. Oh my God. Life-changing bad. I have literal chest pains. Literal chest pains. Um... So yeah, so that chick was like, you're like Jim Carrey, you're so woo, and you know how woo Jim Carrey is. Oh, and I forgot to say in the podcast last week, uh, one of the other things she said in the live was, um, you're such a Gemini, but I've never experienced those things from you. I've never had you betray me. I've never had you judge me. I've never had, but the way she was saying it, it was like the exact opposite. It was really confusing. There's a lot of purging going on there, I think. Anyway, um, so that happened. 
And then I watched, uh, I think it's Jim Carrey's graduation speech for Maharishi University. Oh, and he's so charming. He's so, I will admit that he's a bit weird. Um, just, I think, more because he's like a middle-aged white male. <laughs> Not to be fucked up, but, you know, like, uh, whenever they take something on completely or fully, it can seem a little manic. Like, it can seem a little off. Um, anyway, but other than that, <laughs> the speech was wonderful. And I think when he gave the speech, he wasn't as off as he is now. I think the off has come with a little bit of age. But um, really good speech. Like, so I was just like kind of watching it for reference. Like, you know, even if someone is being just stupid and drunk, there's something to it, right? Like, you should still explore when people criticize you, however stupid, just to see, you know? Or maybe I was just feeding my ego by being like, what is it about Jim Carrey that she saw in me? I don't know. Um, regardless, it was really cool to watch. He makes some very good points. Um, he's so naturally funny, and that's always really, really fun to watch. Um, because it genuinely makes you happy to be in the presence of somebody funny. So there was that. And then the other night, me and a couple of my friends were here in my apartment and we were on live and somehow, some way, uh, we got on the subject of the Scorpio. Uh, and I think the live went left really early on, but I'm also realizing that I have a way, way, way different uh, method for dealing with my personal feelings than I do for uh, feeling other people's feelings, helping other people, uh, a professional capacity, what have you. That is really clear, really easy, uh, you know, very easy to articulate, very easy to communicate very easy to exchange energy with, like just like second nature. My own feelings, my personal feelings about my personal stuff takes me a minute to process. And you got to give it up to the Gemini sun for that because it really isn't going to let anything hit you straight in the heart. It's going to take a second just to soften the blow. It's going to reroute it a couple of times through the brain. So you have a bit of subconscious cushioning, <laughs> before you realize what's happening. Um, and I thought it would get better, and it got worse and worse. And at one point, I realized that I was sitting with two of my oldest friends uh, who were both married, and they were both telling me... Uh, Basically, that my version of things, my feelings, what I presumably know to be true, doesn't amount to much. Because if there is no, let's say, Saturnian progress in the quote-unquote real world, uh, what are you doing anyway? 
And you know, it's not that it's a bad question. It's not even a bad point. But I don't think that there's a closer point to the center, the center being my son. I don't think there's a point closer to the center of that dartboard that is my heart, apparently, to everyone that knows me, uh, that you could have hit. I'm real, real, real sensitive about some stuff. And uh, that's that's the one. <laughs> and I think I was just in disbelief. You know, it progressed, it progressed. I couldn't see what you guys were saying. I couldn't see the comments. But... I was just completely caught off guard. I had just found out that a friend of ours, their very young son, had passed away. And from the moment I found out, I started sweating like a cold sweat. And I couldn't stop. And so I had been walking around all day just unable to get it together. I mean, he was sick for a little while. Wasn't a complete shock. And yet, that Gemini rerouting was doing its best to buffer me, you know? Let me drink something and light this joint. Because what we're not going to do is have podcast after podcast, you know, of crying. But I am PMSing, so you're just going to have to deal with that. Mmm. I'm going to be in Miami for Chinese New Year. What's good? What are we doing? What are we doing? Hit me up. Light that joint, please. Because I... So... I just... uh... (laughs) The father of the kid is a Gemini. So that happened... Then my ex-husband, who's a Gemini, he called me to tell me something pretty big, pretty devastating. Then I talked to my son, who's a Gemini, dealing with the same, you know, issue that the father is dealing with. And uh, pretty much every Gemini I know has had that tower moment in the past week, week and a half, for those closer to cancer. So uh, mine started a little bit early. It's a little prolonged. My tower moment lasted like three days. So I find out in a text, and the the text just said two words. I could have used a little more than two words, but... It just said his name, and then it said he died. And uh, I had a house full of people. I guessed when I found out. And uh, yeah, like I said, the Gemini, the Gemini mind was hard at work, doing its thing, doing its job. Uh, the rest of the night went off swimmingly. And uh, I immediately started to think of really stupid things to distract myself with because that's what I do when I can't 
handle something. And there's a lot of things I can handle. There's a lot of things I can articulate. You know, yes, I get upset about some stuff, but you know, I just like get upset and get it out. It's fine. Um, And then there is stuff that I really, really cannot handle. And you would never know it. Because if I really, truly can't handle something, um, I act like it's not happening. So, I, uh, so the night I found out, I just started cold sweating, but the night went off fine. Uh, I was a bit abrupt towards the end of the night, which is not like me at all. You know, I'm, I'm, you like, you can, you can stay in my house till the sun comes up. Like, I really don't give a fuck. Like, stay, smoke, eat, let's order food, let's go outside, let's go to the swings. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, just stay, you know, of course. Um, but for the first time, kind of ever, <laughs> uh, 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 you know, uh, minus when Baba was a baby. I was like, yo, like, it's 1130. Like, I got to go to bed. Like, you guys got to bounce. And I could even see it, like, in my friend's face. I could see it in my little brother's face. Like, okay, like, this is kind of weird for her. Like, she's not really like this. But, um, you know, I thought they would leave and I would, like, process it, you know. And uh, I didn't, you know, I just like kept sweating and I was like, oh shit, you know, I think I'm getting sick. Like, damn, you know, what happened? Uh, Thank God I have a massage tomorrow. So I wake up, still cold sweats. I'm like, okay. Um, Like I knew it rattled me, but I couldn't process it. There was nothing to process. Like I wasn't feeling anything, you know, nothing, nothing. Um, so I just start thinking of distractions, things to keep myself from, I guess, even broaching the feeling, um, oh, who's going to be there? Will this person be there? Will that person be there? I'm entertaining it lightly just because I don't, uh, anything, anything. I would have thought about anything at that point. Um, so I go, I get the massage, I get the facial, whatever. And... That night, when both my friends were here, is when we were on live after that. So I got the massage and the facial. And during the massage, at one point, she pressed on where I have this intercostal inflammation in my ribs. And um, I had a very, uh, like I was very cognizant for a moment that if I let myself, I would have started sobbing. And I just didn't it was like a switch it even scared me actually it was like a switch I was like no I'm not doing that and that was it and to be honest I think I learned that from my Virgo ex because he was really good at that and I think some things you learn from watching other people do them and then you can't unlearn them because they're so useful but Holmes could definitely turn off his feelings and uh, I did it (laughs) I did it <clears throat> and then uh, and then my friends were here and we were hanging out and we were smoking and we were just talking about things. And uh, instead of being on live with hundreds of you guys and two guests in my house, instead of regaling you all with stories about um, how it feels to be a mother with a child that has to go to the funeral where there's going to be a mother who used to have a son. Oh my god. 
the fuck do you say? Yo. Uh, when I tell you. Literally, the other twin was, like, sitting in a corner, like, sobbing. Like, the whole time. But you can't do that. You know, you got people in your house. And Gemini's, we're so stupid. We're so stupid. You know, we're so, like, we want to be... We want to be friendly. We want to be social. We want to be around people. We want to keep things light. Fuck. Oh, I feel like Ariana Grande right now. Ill. Stop crying. Um, such a fucking cancer rising. Yo, ill. Um, but I couldn't do this, you know. And you can't do this when you have guests. <laughs> you can't do this. And and I wasn't gonna do this in front of all of you guys on Instagram. Like that's not what we were trying to go live for. That wasn't the vibe. <laughs> It's a fucking Saturday night. You want to hear about how it feels to be a mom who has to go to the funeral and look another mom in the eye and say, I'm sorry, your son is gone? I don't really think so. I don't think that's a fun Saturday night vibe. You know, I was just trying to go on with my life and let that bus hit me when it was going to hit me. But I, you know, I didn't need to like fucking drag my friends and you guys into all that. So I was just, you know, doing the Gemini thing. We'll jump around like a monkey for you if you want. What I'm not going to do, what I'm not going to do, what I can't do, you know, is show you the fucking hole in my heart. Because I haven't even processed it. I don't even know it's there yet, but I can feel it. The ineffable. I don't, I, I haven't processed it, so I don't have the words. I don't know. I don't have any answers to your questions, but I feel it. And the weird thing to me is how I look at the people around me and I don't know if they're getting older or if the world is just slipping out from under me, but that doesn't mean much anymore, feeling something. Like people just kind of roll their eyes at you. Anyway, um... So instead of doing all this, <laughs> drink something, drink something. I'm going to drink something. Oh, I'm so sorry. This is not supposed to be a crying episode. I'm drinking water tonight. Um, I should get into like hot drinks, but I don't know. Whenever I'm in New York, I just want to sleep. I just want to be home. But I guess I say that everywhere I go. I just really like being inside a lot. Unless I'm in the water on the beach, I like being inside. Is that weird? I like being in the woods at night under a full moon too. That's probably a little bit weird. That even sounds weird to me. Like if somebody said that to me, I'd be like, you fucking witch. What the fuck do you mean? But I really like it. That's so weird. I like the desert under a full moon, too. Ooh, so cold, so beautiful. I want to go to Sedona. I feel like I need to go to Sedona. You know, like, I feel like I need, like, an energetic... I don't know what is going on, but I I know, because it's all Gemini, so I know it's not that. It's just, like, we're, like, 
When I tell you our foundations are shaking, good Lord, like what is going on with everybody? Why y'all all got something to say? <laughs> anyway, um, so instead of doing all this, I was just trying to, you know, keep it like my friend Jason says. I was trying to keep it light and breezy. He's a Pisces. And everyone be trying to get at him sometimes. Like, oh, you just like to keep it light and breezy. And he's like, what the fuck you want me to do? Be sad and depressed? You want to come over and hang out with me and I can tell you all my problems? What the fuck? Like, let's go have some fun. Amen. So I'm just here, you know, entertaining my guests, entertaining you guys. We chilling. We keeping it light and breezy. Because again, I just found out that a child that we know well, you know, that my brother has known basically since the kid was born, like, this is somebody really, really, really important, has died. Like, I'm, I'm in shock. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. I know I, I would talk about anything except that. And you know what I love to talk about when I'm in pain? As Dr. McGregor at Union Square Laser could tell you, <laughs> as Anu could tell you, as anyone who's ever been around me when I'm in pain can tell you. You know what I like to talk about when I'm in pain? You know what distracts me the most? Like in, you know, just like distracts me, like mind, body, spirit distracts me. I like, I like thinking about the Scorpio. Because <laughs> it's such an enigma, you know, it's such a complex problem. Like, I just, I like thinking about things that distract me. And usually they have to do with like sex. I don't know. Like I was thinking about my Virgo ex. I can't stop thinking about my Virgo ex. I don't even know why. Like, he's such a piece of shit. (laughs) He's such a piece of shit, but he's such a smart guy, you know? And, like, he's kind of a great guy, too. He's just also such a piece of shit. Because he's so stubborn. That's the thing. If he wasn't stubborn, he wouldn't be so bad. But, like, stubborn people, they can't... They don't learn. Like, stubborn people who are naturally smart, I feel, are, like, the most abusive, the worst partners. Because they know a lot. And they're stubborn. So they think they know everything. You can't teach them anything. And if you can't teach somebody anything, they're just never going to be able to anticipate your needs because they just they can't think any other way than they think. It's very rigid. You know, that was ultimately always the problem. There's just a rigidity to the Virgo mind that's like, you know, because it's like Virgo's like, listen, I'm Earth. I'm mutable, but I'm still Earth. There are still limits to what mutable or, you know, mutable air is like, but what about this? But what, why can't you do this? Why can't you? And Virgos are like, because I'm mutable earth. Like, you are not substantial. You're made of nothing. Of course you can do that and twist yourself into a fucking infinite, whatever the fuck you're doing. Like, I can't do that. I'm the falling leaves and the changing, you know, of the harvest and the changing of the wheat. Like, what the fuck? Um, I can do that. Can you do that? You know, and Gemini's like, who cares about that? Fly away with me. (laughs) But I've been, but I, you know, my mind, listen, again, oh my God, hopefully I don't sound like some prejudiced, fucked up man. But when things get too uh, stressful for me, I like to distract myself with sex. Like, I'm not having sex, I'm celibate, but like, I like to distract myself With this, like, idea of, like, huh, you know, I, like, think about, like, what if that person is going to be there? What if this happens? Or I wonder what that person is doing. Whatever. Like, I'm just a human being, right? So I'm, like, entertaining my friends. They're in my house. We're talking about stuff. And I'm, like, oh, my God. What if this person is there? Maybe that's why I've been sweating all day. I was thinking maybe 
I'm sweating so much because I'm going to see this Scorpio and I won't know what to do because every time I see him, I just feel like running away. That's just my natural reaction, I think, because I have great survival instincts. Personal opinion. Um, You know, and I thought that's why I was sweating. How that turned into me... It just went really left. It just, like... I don't think either one of them, like, thought about the fact that, like, this kid has died and I have to go to this thing. I think I did too good of a job of acting like everything was fine. And it was just not... I don't know. I'm really comfortable saying good things about people. And I'm really comfortable saying um, the truth about people and how and how they've treated me and how they are. But I'm not comfortable with other people on my platform voicing their opinions about people in my life or what they think. You know, I talk about the Scorpio the way I do because he's never done anything wrong to me. Now, if you look at it from the outside with a Western eye that doesn't understand our culture, that doesn't understand the various religions, that doesn't understand the region, yeah, it probably looks really bad. I don't know. But I am from that culture. I am from that region. We do have these problems. And I don't think I've ever asked for permission to have these things or not have them. The point is, if I've never said anything negative about him, it's because he's never done anything wrong to me. Just because two people can't be together, I don't think that means that there's one party that's to blame. You know what I mean? There are various reasons for it. And the thing that became so clear to me as they were both talking was that I don't think they get that I unconditionally love him. Like I never have to see him again. I never have to talk to him again. It doesn't matter. And I think over the past few days, especially yesterday when I had to see that kid there like that, and all I wanted to do was talk to that Virgo. That's all I wanted. I realized that I think I probably unconditionally love him too. And that made me realize that I definitely love my first husband unconditionally. He's the one that taught me what unconditional love was, really. You know, my dad, but also very much him. And of course, I love Baba's dad unconditionally, you know. You got to do that. That's only fair. And I've never... (laughs) I don't know, I've never... uh, I don't think I'd ever looked at it that way until the opposite was put in my face. Well, if you don't get this, or if this hasn't happened, or why has this been going on for so long, or this is what this means, and if you don't get this or this, then it, then it means that, and I, all I heard was this, it was like getting, you know, there was somewhere to get. And the only thing that wasn't being taken account for, in account 
was the ineffable. There were so many times when I wanted to stop them and say, but that's just how Scorpios are. But I was afraid. I was afraid they'd jump down my throat. I was afraid they'd say, oh, now you're using astrology as an excuse. And I didn't want to hurt you guys that way because we've built a pretty solid community, you know? And I didn't want that up on the chopping block, so I chose not to use it. Because the lie was completely out of my control anyway, and I knew it. So I was just riding the wave out. I was being a good sport, but I wasn't going to bring astrology into it and have them belittle it because I was already getting such a good sense that they just didn't understand what I feel. Like the the presupposition with everything they were saying about the Scorpio, the the supposition that they were going from was that I want something, but I don't want anything. Are there things I would like? Yeah. But none of that, getting it or not getting it, would change how I feel. And it was how I feel that they were bothered by. Well, why does your voice change? Why does your face change? Why do your eyes change when you talk about him? Because I love him. Well, why? He's, he's this and he's that, but he's not. Well, if he, if he wasn't, then you guys would be together. That's not true. Maybe in New York... Maybe here in this culture, in, in white culture, in, in, in Latin culture, I don't know, but not in our culture. <laughs> you know, oh, well, you just want this Bollywood thing. No, Bollywood films are based on what happens in our culture all the time. The art imitates life. <laughs> this stuff happens all the time. We're not yearning for Bollywood scenarios we're actually sick of them they just keep happening because there's an artificial line drawn between people who are basically all the fucking same you know at least north to south right so uh (laughs) it was a really like prolonged tower moment so that happened And uh, it really hurt my feelings again, again. And I just, again, I wrote it out. No problem. It's all good. Made some jokes along the way. But man, that twin that was sitting in the corner crying was really wanting to let out some steam, you know. I was like, oh, God. I don't know how much longer I can do this. And then we were supposed to go to a party. And I realized that if I went to that party, I would have a drink. And if I had a drink, uh, I was going to get mad. So I went home and I went to bed and I woke up the next day. And then it was time to go to the funeral. And uh, boy, they're a good, they're a good group of people. Good people. Really, really good people. Really close-knit, mashallah. Really supportive. Really there for each other. Um, but because they've been close for so long, because they've taken all their holidays and vacations together, because all their kids have grown up together, because for the past 15 years they've spent every New Year's, every Thanksgiving, every Christmas, every every everything, every summer vacation, everything together, it was like watching five sets of parents and ten siblings mourn. Even right now I'm talking about it 
and my chest hurts. It was beautiful to see someone so loved. But man, it tears your heart out, you know? And he had this one of the kids out of this group of family and friends that this this group that was so tight knit. Um, my brother and sister in law are part of that group, and one of the other parents they have a kid who's a Leo. And uh, I was his best friend, I think. I'm pretty sure. And uh, when we went to their house before the funeral. Uh, he just, I don't think I'll ever forget the look on his face. I've never seen someone so sad in my life. He just kept roaming the halls, you know, like this lost lion. He'd sit down for a second, get back up and start walking around, just roaming the house. Just walking in and out of the rooms, walking up and down the steps. Come back, sit down for a second, get back up. Go walk around, go outside, come back. The Capricorns all kept it together. Uh, They did a very good job of directing people and keeping the flow going and keeping everybody uh, greeted and uh, making sure everybody had everything they needed. And they were heartbroken. The Virgo was delightful. She's always known what to say she's always got her heart on her sleeve and she always has practical advice and even when she's really upset she keeps her head and she makes sure you don't lose it the Sagittarius came in was completely overwhelmed stayed for a bit made some jokes laughed told some really funny jokes <laughs> not even funny i can't believe they're really dark like stuff she was saying was so funny but it was so not appropriate and we just laughed our asses off like to the point where they were crying they were laughing so much and then she bounced um the libra was devastated and yet in complete control of the room and Uh, the token Gemini being me, I guess, outside of the mourning father who I guess was having the tower moment of his life and the child who was also a Gemini. He was also born on Baba's birthday. Gemini's up front in the funeral parlor, the one in the coffin, and the one standing next to the coffin. I stood all the way in the back. 
and uh, tried to disappear into the wallpaper. And actually, until the Sag came in and moved the fire around the room, I felt like I couldn't breathe. There were pictures in, like, the slideshow of, like, my brother holding the kid when he was, like, one. I just... It is an unending abyss of grief, you know, if you let yourself fall into it. And so when that Sag came in and she told the story, and the story she told was hilarious. Her mother's sister is sick in India. And her mother was doing something and her phone dinged and she asked her daughter to check her phone. And her daughter thought that the message said that her sister, this is so mean, that her sister had died. And being the Sagittarius, like, she's like very bubbly, very like up, always laughing, always making jokes, um, but like dramatic, you know. So she read the message and she was like, oh my God, mom, she died, like your sister died. I'm sorry, I'm only laughing because she was like, what? And then she looked at the phone and she was like, no, that's somebody else. (laughs) And it's the worst joke ever. But I swear to you, when I tell you that me, the Virgo, and the Sad were laughing so hard, like it was like the fucked, the most fucked up thing ever. And then she kept, and then she would like look over and be like, and start laughing again and be like, I was just thinking about my mom again. Oh my god, it was so great. Um, so yeah, I had to do that. <clears throat> and then, uh, well, and then that thing happened that I always know before it happens. Everything gets really still, really cold. And instead of waiting for what had now at this point become a two-day tower moment, uh, to become <laughs> a tower year, if not more, or just a tower, you know, week. Um, I decided before death showed up to leave because I, I just. I couldn't shake the feeling that the kid that was laying in the coffin who looked so alive was about the same age as the Scorpio when I met him. It just kept impressing on me over and over and over again. That the best things that I remembered about that entire thing were all the way back then. And it was like they died with that funeral. I just, I looked around that place and I realized that I I realized that no matter what anyone said, or what anyone thinks I deserve, or what anyone thinks I should do, or what anyone thinks of me as a person, Jim Carrey, notwithstanding. 
that there was this ineffable truth that I know about myself and about the people around me and I get to choose. I have the agency to choose which feelings I indulge. And it wasn't like I wanted to run away, actually. And it wasn't even that my friends made any sort of impression on me because they didn't. I've heard all that before. I just couldn't shake the feeling that that was exactly the type of thing that we should have or anyone should go through with someone they love. And I think I left because I was resentful. I just... (laughs) I think you can... I think you can do too much of the work when you can feel what other people feel because you can give them a pass. But being there around all those people... It became so clear to me that they were all feeling the loss of that young man and there was a loneliness, that their grief was coming from a loneliness, a spot where he was in their life. And it made me think about my spot in people's lives. And you know, suddenly I'd had enough. I think I've been having enough for about a month now, though. I realized this in Miami. I told you that's when this pain started in the heart chakra. It was like the final snap of that rubber band, you know? Your friends have already told you how it looks from the outside. And they're wrong. But does it matter? Because you, from the inside, how do you see it? And I was looking from the inside. Being in that funeral was like ducking back into the room in your heart. I was looking out at those people from a place deep within myself. I was very much hiding. I was terrified the entire time. The entire time I felt like such a fraud being there. How can I, with a beautiful, healthy, mashallah child, why do I have any right to stand here and look at you? Why, why should I even be allowed to be here as a reminder of what you don't have anymore? I don't know. I was and have been horrified the entire time. But something in that grief was like a light bulb because I didn't want to talk to the Scorpio about this. I was standing there processing so much stuff that I didn't necessarily want to talk to him about. Actually, I didn't even want to see him. I was processing so much and feeling so much that I wanted to talk to somebody smart. Somebody who would make some sense of it, even if it wasn't necessarily true, it would sound smart enough to relieve the pain. Even if it's something cold and stupid. 
Because there is no right answer, right? But there wasn't someone there to give an answer at all. And I was suddenly angry. Just like I was over New Year's. Like, why am I here like this? And, and, and why is there even a situation that my friends can misconstrue like this? You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? And the same thing that happened over New Year's happened again. I felt a, sl- a snap of sorts in my rib cage. And, uh, yeah, the radiating pain. So it's like it had detached on one end, but not the other. (laughs) Or it needed a deeper understanding from me. But there, facing death, I realized that I I didn't want to do this anymore. That there is some weird, solitary, dark, lonely appeal to the Scorpio cave of secrets and secret love and yeah, just secrets (laughs) but this death and this child's death and all these people, this was out in the light and I think what I realized with this stupid cancer rising who's just slow, realized is that I'm kind of born at the height of the summer. I mean, Memorial Day legit falls on my birthday this year. Like, I'm legit born on the party day of the year. <laughs> when the weather is perfect. <laughs> um, and perhaps you can call it Persephone's rise from the deep. But I don't like that myth for me. Because this recurring cycle of going back into the dark, I don't know. There was something about that funeral that took the romantic, this romanticizing of the of the dark, of the death, of the cave, of the, you know, the secrets. It just took it away from me. I I can't see it that way anymore. It just seems the opposite of life. <laughs> And it was suddenly very clear to me, the Tao of it, the, the yin and yang of it, the black and white of it. I saw it. I think I've always seen it. I think you guys have known it from the podcasts as well. You've probably known this for a while. But we you know the fountain was there. And if I had just stuck around for 20 more minutes, uh... <laughs> This podcast would probably be a lot different, but I chose to walk away because it's not enough, you know, and not in the, and not in the ways that my friends had been critical of, but in the ineffable and in what you feel and how you feel. It was it's not enough. What I kept thinking was that there should be some counterweight to how heavy the feeling in that funeral home was. There should be a love deep enough to counter that and bring you back up to normal.
And you know, if I had stayed 20 more minutes, that's not what would have, what would have walked through the door. Not at all. Mm. Would it have distracted me? Honey, yes. <laughs> but it wouldn't have helped. So, what am I saying? Well, first of all, dear Gemini, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Whatever it is, however it happened, I know how much pain you're in. I'm so sorry. But hey, it can only get better from here. Ha 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 ha. Right? So there's that. (laughs) I had to pause it because someone super cool is coming over for a reading, but it was tomorrow. But then she said she'd be here in 20 minutes. And I'm like, yeah. Tomorrow, right? (laughs) Not today uh, (laughs) because I don't think you'll like what's going on in here right now. (laughs) My God, when I tell you my heart hurts. Like physically, physically my heart hurts. Like this has been a rough start to the year. What the fuck? Every Gemini is like, yes, what the fuck? But you can also, you can see all your blessings, right? Blessings on blessings. But this emotional stuff is nothing to fuck with. Like it's just, Lord. Oh my God. So, dear Gemini, I'm so sorry. Uh, and dear Capricorn, there's nothing really you can do. Write it out. Dear Leo, the loss has been consistent. You are either suffering still from a past loss you don't understand that's coming up again during this eclipse or you have lost someone recently Aries I think people are taking you the wrong way right now or you might be being a little more abrasive than people can handle because people really in their feelings Pisces It's got to be hard to feel so much when everyone around you is feeling so much and you can feel everything they feel. Take a salt bath. Get your mermaid on. Sagittarius, you know, I'm just glad you guys are around. Taurus, we don't always see things clearly. Sometimes our biases get in our way and we have to backtrack and say we're wrong and we're not above that, you know? Libra, Lord, it's been such an emotional roller coaster for you guys these past couple of years. I don't envy you at all. But, 
you keep chugging along and you keep progressing and you keep on top of things and you make it look so easy that it is hard to remember that sometimes you guys fall apart. You just keep it under wraps so well. You might have to show it a little this time. Bent. Virgo. Man, just do what you do. Just help the people around you. It's a strange time of year. A lot of people get real lonely. A lot of people can't handle the dark. People don't go out as much. They don't see each other as much. People start to feel real disconnected. As the healers of the Zodiac, I think you naturally gravitate towards the people who need you. So just do that. Aquarius. Lord, everything's been getting in your way, huh? Like the universe itself (laughs) is getting in your way. But have you considered that it is for a reason? And that there is information that will come through during this eclipse that changes everything for you. Changes the way your brain is wired. It's the end of an era, Aquarius. We move on to Cancer Capricorn. The eclipses move on. And your relatable knowledge reaches a crescendo the amount of downloads you can get it's a big one you may feel scattered you may feel lonely you may feel ignored but your isolation is necessary right now meditate receive the downloads write journal freehand Slut it out. Make music. Cancer. Yeah. Things get better and yet the tears don't stop. What is going on in my life? What does it all mean? Why can I feel everything and do nothing about it right now? Because the power is all sitting across from you. Let it give you what it wants. Don't pull. And yeah, it's super emotional, but it's not a purposeless tear fest. In every, you know, emotional outburst, there is some lesson being learned, some new insight being gained. And so I would even say that it's very productive. Let yourself cry. Take, like, long salt baths and listen to lectures on cool shit, like quantum shit or robotics or AI or you know I don't know there's this really great movie about George Sand and Chopin called Impromptu or 
You could watch all the Matrix movies again. I don't know. Like, get in some hot water and and put a mask on your face and smoke a joint and listen to something cool. You know, the feelings are going to come. They have to. There's so much purging to be done. And you want to do, 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 but... You can only do through feeling right now. You will become masters, Cancer, of the ineffable in this cycle. We can feel everything right now. And that was the other thing that made what was happening here the other night so strange for me. Because I'm like, wait, but you're forgetting the key factor here that I can feel what other people feel at great distances, actually. It's just a, it's just, I, I don't know why, you know, so it was doubly hurtful. There were so many assumptions being made uh, that just aren't true about how he feels or about how I feel. <laughs> and especially as a cancer rising, there was a part of me that just couldn't believe that you wouldn't like take my word for it if i if i say someone feels a certain way i'm i'm probably right cuz i can feel it and as a cancer you we can just see it all over people's faces like oh that's what's happening there got it cancer rising is like i will read you you know i read your emotional i just read your emotional life i just read your whole i just scanned you emotionally boop I know everything is going on. I just looked right into your eyes and like I saw the whole fucking thing right there. You know? So become the masters of the ineffable. Do the unpopular thing of feeling over demanding and doing in the Saturnian culture that we live in. I don't want these achievements and accomplishments and milestones and I don't I don't want these things that's not what it's about <laughs> I have feelings and certain feelings I'd like to foster and foster in other people and every time I move from that objective things just get really dirty really fast it sounds all innocent and fine and good you know well if you're not getting from uh, what you want from someone you should definitely leave that person alone that person is not good for you that person is toxic for you That, yeah that all sounds really good but it's a real fucking slippery slope because what that hella sounds like is conditional love and what I'm beginning to realize especially after last night when that fucking funeral pummeled me emotionally is that I don't think I'm capable of that. <laughs> I actually don't think I'm capable of conditional love because I've been thinking about it. And I actually, like, I think my whole tough guy thing is because I hide the fact that I kind of, like, really love everybody regardless. Like, even the bitch I was talking about last week. That bitch is, like, she's canceled. But I still love her. You know? Like, I'm never going to speak to her again. But, like, I still love her. You know? Like, 
well you shouldn't you shouldn't look that way or you shouldn't talk that way about him or you shouldn't why why do you why do you sound like that when you talk about him why are you like a completely different person i'm i'm unconditionally i'm the picture of someone unconditionally in love you know i think i think i kind of look that way when i talk about a few other people too <laughs> you know and it's not a weakness and it's not because i think men are important uh to a woman's identity and it's not because i don't feel complete without a man and it's not because any of those strange suppositions that were being made that were also slightly like suspect just in terms of like I felt they were a bit racist because like as a brown person if you're assuming that the reason I like this man is because I feel like I need a man in my life to like that's not you know my feelings again the ineffable has nothing to do with any of these social constructs the 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 patriarchy is not responsible for the ineffable <laughs> but i didn't feel uh like having the argument of that versus but i feel what i feel so i know what i know and it has nothing to do with needing or wanting anything i just i just feel what i feel so i know what i know and this stubborn, hard-line way that Cancerians are, because they are just tried and true, they have to be this way, because they've tried every other way, and every time they go against their feelings, shit goes left. I don't want to be this stuck on any one feeling, but trust me, I know what I know. If I have a feeling about something, you can't talk me out of it. I just, my gut won't let you. Like, my gut knows. I know what I know. Uh, and to have what I know on the most instinctual gut level be questioned as being me just sick with some sort of cultural construct really fucking bothered me. And it's been bothering me since, actually. You know? Like the 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 assumption that perhaps I was only in love with the Scorpio as much as it's obvious in the podcast is because I'm just culturally programmed to need that sort of male attention in my life and just a victim of that. And I was just sitting there thinking, no, I just one day randomly saw somebody and felt something I've never felt before. And uh, every time I see him, I think it's not going to happen again. And then it happens again, where I feel the exact same way. And then, <laughs> like, that's, that's I, I, don't, I don't really think past that because I can't think past it. There is no logic past that threshold. Um, and it was way before he said anything or displayed any sort of cultural tendencies. So I was completely at a loss as how to counter them or argue the point because they were so far off base that if we started, I didn't really know where it was going to end. 
because he is such a soft spot and I didn't want to start losing my temper and I wasn't even close to losing my temper, but it's such a touchy subject, you know? I didn't want to risk it. Uh, so I, yeah, I made the culturally appropriate argument for the sake of everyone, for the sake of the people on live, for the sake of my friends, uh, for the sake of the other twin who's trying to rationalize a child dying and doesn't understand why these people are still in your house. Uh, it was just easier, again, to be the Gemini clown, to be the fool, to be the fool, to be foolish. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was much, it was much, much easier to conform to the system. I didn't have the energy to defend my feel. My feelings were already so raw. But it, gave me a window into how uncomfortable I think my resolve makes the people around me. And it also makes me think that a lot of people I know think they can... I think they think that what I do is really easy and that anyone can do it. I'm beginning to pick that up more and more from my friends because I, I'm just very uh, down to earth that way. Like I don't, I haven't changed at all. And I think it makes them think, well, you know, I'm kind of like that too. I could do that too. And then we just get into really murky territory, you know? (laughs) like yeah the the resolve and the energy that you need to constantly defend your right to feel what you feel was put on display pretty clear that night and I took the easy way out just because I didn't want to deal with it and the easy way out was just to say yes to everything ultimately. Because they just, I don't know, at one point I realized they weren't going to stop. And I think some people on the live were even saying, like, you guys have to stop, like, you're torturing her. Like, this isn't nice. But, it, like, it got to a point where I really didn't feel like it was nice. I felt very much like I was being attacked. And I didn't have the wherewithal or the energy for it. So it felt especially, uh... It was especially painful. It was very insensitive, actually. Um, And it caught me wondering, you know, not at the funeral, but today I've been wondering all day because I haven't really had time to process anything. uh, Why it is that my friends treat me like I'm bulletproof. I think it's because I do such a good job of uh, appearing very strong, I guess. But just, I can't shake this feeling that people recently have been taking some pretty, like, you know, decent shots at me. 
(laughs) And I think that added to my loneliness at the funeral. I just felt so alone. It sucked. And I could feel the overwhelming sense of loss in the room. So many different times I felt like I was going to faint. You know, different waves of it would walk in and every time the kids would walk in or walk past the coffin, I could feel it in that place in my ribs that's swollen. And I realized because of the swelling that when certain people said certain words or I saw certain things, it would ache there. Because it's swollen right now, I can feel movement there. And I realized that when I look at certain things, like even now that I'm talking about it, interesting, it's happening right now. When I look at things, when I look at certain things or I think certain things, uh, it, it feels at least, I know this sounds crazy, it feels at least like something moves around in the center of my chest. Uh, and now that I have this swollen rib muscle thing, uh, I can feel it very pronounced. And so it was, <laughs> it was terrible. It was really terrible. <laughs> um, but now, today, all day, drink something, please. I have been laying around my apartment wondering what exactly 2019 is trying to do. (laughs) And all I can think is you don't know what you really believe or what you feel until something pushes up against it and you have to push back. And that's what's been swimming around in my head since that night. You know, I'm perhaps a rarity in terms of how I love. Like the night my older brother met that Virgo, he pulled him aside and he said, listen, my sister loves really big. If you can't handle that, like, leave. I can't apologize for that or make excuses for it or hide it. And I don't care how out of touch that makes me seem with the current state of things or how I look or who I could be with or what I could be doing or what are you doing or why. All I kept thinking, sitting there, (laughs) being interrogated on live TV, uh, was... I don't care about any of this stuff. 
And they kept insisting that I felt this way and I felt that way. And the whole time I was thinking, no, I just love him. Like, that feeling never changes. You know? (laughs) Like, I don't think you get it. And I said that a couple of times. Like, I don't think you guys get it. It's not like that. But I think 2019 is the year where your ideals define you and therefore manifest your life. And for me, it has started with some large tests of my patience, my boundaries, my love for my friends, uh, my love for myself, and where those lines need to be drawn and reinforced. And so I can see already how my ideals are beginning to shape my future. Because for me, there is nothing outside of the ineffable. There is nothing outside of what is felt. Everything else is basically inconsequential. And I've always lived my life that way. The material is wonderful. And yet, as yesterday proves, it's very temporary. Right? But that connection, that feeling of love, that sweep that comes over you, that completely changes you, that's forever. That friend that you have that bond with that you can't describe, that teacher that taught you more than anyone ever did, these are all bonds. These are all feelings more than things that can be articulated. These are relationships that exist outside of any sort of transactional construct. I mean, my whole life lives outside of that. It's funny to say this, but more and more I'm beginning to realize that I don't think I've ever let people close enough that they would know who I am. For some reason, I've let you guys close enough, which is weird. So you guys know me better than a lot of people that are actually get to be around me. Because the things that they misunderstand about me, you guys totally get. (laughs) It's becoming more and more obvious. (laughs) But I think it's because the work we do has so much to do with the validation of one's feelings and making room for one's feelings and for not judging. And that was the thing about the other night that really got to me. Um, I had a friend in high school that was very judgmental. And I think I dealt with it for a long time. And then when we left high school, I realized that it was pretty uh, toxic. And it made me, it affected my behavior. It changed my behavior when she would say certain things. And I didn't like that. It messed with my free will. 
and there was a definite air of judgment the other night about my choices. And regardless of what your choices are, unless you're doing the monstrous against someone's will, I just can't, I can't bring myself to judge people. And I hate it myself. I hate the feeling of it myself. I just think people should be allowed to do and feel what they want. And people should mind their business. (laughs) I really do. I think it's fine to voice your opinion on things, but I think anything more than that is just, it's not right. Um, But the rarefied world that we find ourselves in where we respect things like astrology and, oh, now the moon is doing this and now Mercury is doing this and, you know, our reading for this month said this and, you know, collectively we've been feeling that way. Uh, For the sort of community that we have built and are building, the ineffable is our ground of being. It's what all of this is built on. So... It was doubly shocking for me to have this discourse in front of you guys because it's so far away from what I believe at all, you know? Loving him has never, never, ever been mutually exclusive with uh, any sort of a relationship or anything like I don't, I've never needed anything out of that connection. The connection itself has always blown my mind. I think I've made that really clear. <laughs> and not and not because, uh, there's also this tinge of like, because that's all I've been able to get. <coughs> not at all. I'm just, I'm not gauche enough to ask. I would never put someone I love in a situation where they'd have to choose between things they can't choose between. Like, again, I just kept saying, I get, I just kept feeling like I should say, but I love him unconditionally, but I love him unconditionally. Like, that would somehow answer all these questions, but I knew it wasn't going to work. And so perhaps this is just a manifesto to all of you out there who have something in your heart that you feel, but the people around you don't want you to feel it, or you're not supposed to feel it, or you're supposed to do this, or you're supposed to do that, and you're, you know... Etc. I don't know, man. I think we feel the things we feel for a reason. And yes, you can be attracted to people off of your triggers. And yes, you can have abuse in your past that can make certain partners uh, you think more viable for you and they turn out to be toxic and the rest of it and you can't get over them because they're abusive, not because there's some, you know, uh, otherworldly connection. And yet, if it is an otherworldly connection, you know it and you recognize it. And if you know that, again, in your gut, in your bones, these sort of worldly, realistic, quote-unquote, conversations are just banal. You know, well, what has he done for you lately? Aside from bother me in every dream I have, um, let's see, like what, (laughs) and uh, the whole premise, okay? So, 
what was present at that funeral was something you could feel but not say. It was the essence of that child, the mark he's left on the people around him. The feelings accumulated in that room in remembrance of him can't be quantified, but everyone there could feel it. And it somehow solidified my resolve in not needing this entire situation anymore. See, to unconditionally truly love someone means you love them regardless, especially if you never see them again. And that's okay with me. And I think that that's a place that a lot of us will come to in 2019. And I just got it out of the way early. Not only that we are coming to the end of long cycles, but that we're actually okay with it. We're fine with it. It's necessary. But to do it with kindness and to do it with reserve and to not malign anyone and not make anyone seem like a bad person when they're not, to respect the alignment between people and lack of alignment when there is that, to respect the connection or the energetic bond between people without needing to tug on that rope or require anything from that person by emotionally or karmically holding them hostage. This... To love without all of that is to love. And as far as I know, if it's not that, then it's nothing. You're just amusing yourself or deluding yourself until the person does something you really can't stand, and then that'll be it. You'll be done. That's just not how we roll over here. And I know that's weird, and I know it scares people. Scares some people a lot, you know? People who can't bring themselves to love like that. I don't know, man. What's the point of loving any other way? I'm Jason Priestley in that video, that Roy Orbison video. You know? Just in the car, driving towards love. That's me all the time, all the way in, head first, no matter what. Because I'm not scared. Hey, we're all going to end up in that coffin one day, no matter what, right? Whether we want to or not. What's there to be scared of? We all got to go. <laughs> Seems like the silliest thing in the world to give up something that traverses lifetimes just because you're upset in one. And so, we open 2019 up with the opening of the heart chakra. We use it to expand our horizons in this upcoming Aquarius season with this eclipse 
we make a new way. We see a new vision and a new future and a new way forward. And if anyone from the past pops up now in this bright, vast, expansive future, it is because they have chosen to or fate has given them no other choice. Make no mistake, everyone is coming back around to the fountain. If you're ready, stay put. If you're not ready or you want something different, do what I do. Do what I did. Dip. Leave the fountain a little bit and come back. <laughs> Go take a ride or two, you know? Go pretend to be lost a little bit. But remember, don't let, tell, don't let people tell you how to feel, what to feel, what you should feel. It never works. You can't tell yourself what to feel. You know that. But you can remember something that's always helped me. You'll feel differently. Maybe not in a few hours, but tomorrow. Maybe not tomorrow, but the day after. Maybe not for very long, but you will. It'll go up and down. But you'll feel better, especially if you're dealing with some major tower moments and some trauma now. If you look back at some of the worst things that have happened to you at the time, you couldn't have imagined the good that would come from them. But, you know, now, it's the same now. We'll look back on this stuff together in three, four years and think, oh, my God, thank God that happened. Remember how bad it was, and then this happened, but then this happened, and this happened, and this happened. So, the orders at the restaurant are starting to come in. And it's time to get real clear on what you know you got coming. And just keep your distance from anyone who can't feel what you feel. You know, protect it. Protect your heart. Boy, I didn't feel like doing another sad, slow one. I'm sorry about that. We'll pick up the tempo next week, do something funny. But these past couple of days have just been (laughs) hard on the soul, honey. Hard on the soul. Anyway, it's your girl, DJ Narc. I'll see you. In a week or so, Aquarius manifestation, Aquarius season is upon us. It's going to be lit. And uh, some exciting things I feel will happen in this coming month, this coming season. Aquarius season is going to really open up some stuff politically, I think. It's exciting. It's going to be good. So that's it. (laughs) and that's all for right now I'll see you next week I love you guys